Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. So let's open this week's episode with a different topic. We'll save Chairman Joe and all that crazy stuff for later. Sports. Let's talk about sports. First, you all know the Super Bowl just happened. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by one Tom Brady at age 45, beat the wild and crazy Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to I believe Kansas City was favored by probably at least a touchdown. I actually didn't pay any attention. And I'll be honest with you. Didn't watch one football game the entire season. Didn't watch one NFL game. I did watch college because I love college football. But NFL, I gave up on it. It got political, like every sport got political. And I just quit watching it. All of it, like all of you. So here's the deal. The ratings came out for the Super Bowl. Lowest ratings since 1969. So I'm not the only one that didn't watch and didn't give a rip and hasn't been watching all year. They try to hide the numbers and not talk about the numbers. The media will never really speak out openly, but the NFL got its collective butts kicked. And its sponsors, you could see the list of people that pulled commercials. Budweiser wasn't doing anything for the Super Bowl. Why spend all that money for people that aren't going to watch? Go put it on something else. Probably put it on the Puppy Bowl, if anyone even watched that or whatever they call that thing. We just watched something different. I don't even remember what was going on. We just went about our day like it was just another Sunday. And clearly, millions of you out there were like, yeah, I don't care. But my youngest son was on his iPad, and he hit the ESPN button to see what was going on, and he saw the score, and he comes out and goes, Dad, you're going to laugh. Tampa Bay's winning 31-9. to I'm like, is the game over? And he's like, no, because it was in the afternoon. He goes, there's like five minutes to go. So now let's watch that last five minutes. Now I'm doing that because I believe in the mental aspect of sports. I believe the mental aspect is, is as important as your physical abilities, if not more. Your physical abilities will take you only so far. And if you're getting beaten or, or you're just out of the race or the game or whatever, you're just going to quit. But if you got the mentality, if you got a strong mind on you that doesn't quit, that doesn't give in, your mind can overcome what you lack physically. It can push you to places you've never been. That's what they call it, the zone. It's mental. You just throw it up, it's going in because your mind is dialed in and just pushing your body to places you didn't know you can go. So when I see Tom Brady's winning this game 31-9, to That means Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored a touchdown. That's three field goals, which is making me laugh out loud. And also making me laugh because Tom Brady, at 45 years old, left New England and Bill Belichick, where everyone said, you know what? He isn't going to win a darn thing. He's just going down there and money and sunshine, blah, blah, blah. This is Tom Brady. The dude is a bit intense. And if you look at his draft day photo, you could just go online and go look up. I think it was like 1992. Or I don't even know what year it was anymore, but Tom Brady was drafted like 25 years ago. So, uh, I guess that would make it like the mid nineties or something like that. So, um, look at a photo and you'll see him in his shorts and whatnot. And he got, he's got muffin top. He's soft. He was always very sharp, mentally tough. 
and he built on that and made it his, his ability and his mental acuity even stronger. He was physical as physical. You can only do so much. The guy never threw the ball the hardest or the furthest or the fastest. He just knew where to throw it and when to throw it. Patrick Mahomes is the opposite. He's mentally weak. Yeah, he's mentally weak. He's 25. He's a gunslinger. He's a backyard playing, run around like a maniac, and he got a Super Bowl last year. He got a Super Bowl last year because there was a lot of money invested in the people around him. Well, now that dude makes like $50, $55 million a year. And in the NFL, there's a salary cap. So you only have so much money to spend. So everybody else from this point forward is only going to get, when the contracts expire, they're going to replace them with million-dollar players. Which you think, that's a lot. Not when the guys now are making eight, nine, ten million that protect him, that catch the ball, that make him look good. Right? It's a team. It's a collective. It's not a one-man sport. And I blame Michael Jordan for that. And I'll get to it. Kansas City will not win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Won't happen. It just won't happen. Tom Brady won all those Super Bowls in New England because he did something a lot of other quarterbacks wouldn't do. Take a pay cut because he needed the talent around him. He knew it. People got a block or the, the old white man's a dead man. Patrick Mahomes runs around like a maniac and curls left and curls right. And he was getting pummeled because he would hold onto the ball way too long. Tom Brady goes, hut, hut, hike. His plan and play calls, look left, looking left, nothing there, looking middle, boom. Looking left, looking middle, looking right, boom. And if it ain't there, out of bounds. Throw it in the dirt. Get rid of it. You're not going to touch me because I'm Tom Brady. That's why he's 45 and he's playing like he's 35. He's kept his body healthy. He's had like one surgery this entire time. And it was a knee. Mahomes has already had more surgeries than Tom Brady ever has. He's had something like four or five. He had one after the Super Bowl because he runs around. He's a risk-reward guy. His reward was last year, the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl. You're not winning one again. He's not good enough. No one player in the NFL is ever good enough. And the talent on that team is only going to go down around him. Because those guys there, they're going to want to get paid. And they're going to leave to go get paid somewhere else. And they're going to get these nickel-dime could have been, has been, whatever's, you know, 20 year olds that just can't play, or they're going to get 38 year olds that just can't block, can't run, can't catch. That's what's going to be in front of him. He thinks it's rough now. Play the clip because he, he blames his team. This is beautiful. Play it. Uh, the receivers were running, were running routes, um, not to exactly where I thought they were going to be at. Um, and the offensive line, they did good. They were, they were good at sometimes, and sometimes they, they, they let guys through. Tom Brady says when they lose, we weren't prepared. We didn't execute. We failed. I've seen them on the sidelines. You're getting hot and heavy and scolding people and they're getting in a big old debate about something. You should have been, or you need to be, or we got to get on the same page pronto. He didn't tell him we lost because of you. That's what Mahomes does. Mentally weak people do that. Tom Brady won his seventh championship. Super Bowl rings, seven. No team in the NFL has won seven. The most is six, Pittsburgh, New England. They said he couldn't do it without Belichick, and Belichick couldn't do it without Brady. How's that working? That would be inaccurate. They didn't have a winning record. I think they went six and ten is what I think I heard. So I guess Belichick really did need Brady. And Brady just needed Brady and his teammates. And he didn't even have all a good year I read. I mean, they were sitting there saying, I got through more interceptions his entire career, but he still found ways to win. 
because he's mentally tough. Mentality and your mental acuity in sports is as or more important than your physical abilities. I teach that to my children and tell them that you be mentally prepared and never willing to quit and just go out there and give it 110%. Right? We always say give 110%. You can't. You only give 100 But your mental can push you into places you didn't know you had. So you're probably actually only giving 90% or 80%, but your mind can get you to that 100% level. You fall into the zone. You can do no wrong. You run faster or harder than you ever could before because your mind just told your body, shut up, we got to go. I mentioned Michael Jordan, how he ruined sports. Amazing athlete, but he ruined sports. The NBA was amazing in the 80s. You go back and watch any games in the 80s, you will see five on five, moving and weaving and passing the ball and setting up screens and going around and shooting shots, laying up and all that stuff going on. It was beautiful. It was a dance. Then Michael Jordan shows up and this is what the NBA became. You eight go stand over there. I'm going to play this guy one-on-one over here. It's like watching paint dry. I lost all interest. I couldn't watch it. And then, you know, the Kobe's show up and everyone, oh, I just love him because whatever. He was, people like that are not team players. They're just great athletes that make a sport that was once amazing and beautiful to watch into a snooze fest. And then you go and do something like talk about politics on your social media. You take knees. You play the black national anthem. You put Black Lives Matter all over the court. And you just told 75 million plus people, don't watch us. Okay, we aren't. The NBA's ratings are atrocious. And the only thing saving them is people in Europe, I guess, are still watching. But mostly people in Asia and specifically China. They've got a deal. You know, it's CCTV. That's communist-controlled TV. They, I've been, I said, they only have like six channels. It's all the same, but it's all run by the same studio. It's a propaganda machine. And they play sport. They play the NBA. They run the NBA over there, and it's huge. And China pays the NBA a ton of money, a ton of which I believe is even more than like ESPN or anybody else or TNT has ever paid. So basically, China is taking over the NBA, and they don't care what they've got to say politically. They think it's funny if there's discourse in the United States of America and people are hating people. They don't have to worry about us going to war. We're going to do it all on our own at their encouragement. They'll funnel the money, pay these athletes and these teams and these owners. We've got to get the money somewhere. So 75 million people aren't watching the damn sport anymore. It's horrible. I can't watch it. It's dreadful to watch. You could watch back in the early, mid, late 80s. You could see the Lakers play the Denver Nuggets. And you'd be like, man, Kiki Vandeway and Alex English and Wayne Cooper. And then you go over here, you got Magic Johnson and James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. These, these six guys, studs, had, you know, support players that were studs, moving the ball. In any one night on any team, somebody could drop 30. It was never just that one guy dropping 30. This year, Kareem, you know, King the Skyhook, you couldn't stop that. But one night, Magic scored 30. Next night, Worthy scored 30. Next night, Byron Scott scored 30. It was like that for every team. You just took advantage of your matchup. Well, tonight, Byron Scott, who scores 17 points a game, we're going to give him the ball because the guy guarding him can't guard him. So Byron, go crazy. Next night, the guy guarding Byron is a beast. Well, move with the ball. Going to kick it down low. Now it's James Wisdern. That was the game. That's how you played basketball. Now, now we just clear out. They don't even play this way on the streets of Brooklyn. 
They actually passed the ball moving around. Played matchups. They don't do that anymore. It's atrocious. I cannot watch it. And nobody else can either, clearly. You got Mark Cuban. He's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. You all know him. He, The rich guy with Broadcom, internet, made money, bought a team, big mouth, can't shut up, hates the refs. Goes on social media. He can say whatever he wants, and that's all good. But different rules, different people. This guy decided we're not playing the national anthem before any home games ever again. And word got out about it. Remember, no one could go to the games, but someone in the media went, this is really weird. You notice what I noticed? Yeah, they're not playing national anthem. This is really odd. Now they'll play the black national anthem. Didn't even know that was a thing. And what's funny is you talk to black people, they didn't know it was a thing, but it's a thing. Now it is. So they'll play that. They'll take knees. Like I said, black life matters on the court and all that nonsense. And he decides we're not going to play it. And people are like, what are you talking about? This is in Texas. Okay. It's not California. People be like, I don't care. America sucks. Texas is like, what the hell are you doing? The governor and the state legislature is like, we're passing bills that it will be played at every live event of sports. No matter whether it's college, pro, whatever, it will be played. And it'll get passed. Meantime, the empty suit who runs the NBA, the commissioner, comes out and says, oh, we're going to play. We're going to play it. You know, I talked to Mark. We're going to play it. Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Hey, Mark, you got rich in a country in a capitalist system that you now apparently hate because you're the rich guy. Um, what, we all don't get a shot at that? No, 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 no. Again, remember, socialism is for the socialist, not the people. You all listening are the people. You don't get the same opportunities as a guy like him because you're not him. He's better than you, and he makes the rules as he goes. So scratch that one off the list. Baseball. Love the game. Used to. I can't watch it. I didn't watch any games last year. I mean, it was a weird season holding, but I'm like, I had no interest in it at all. It's not 162 games. It's fake. It's not real. You change the schedule. It's just, it's just nonsense. And sucks. My favorite player in one of the greatest of all time. And I'll say it. Mike Trout of the Anaheim, California Angels of Los Angeles, whatever they call themselves now. He's the greatest player in the league. And he's the Mickey Mantle of this generation. The guy can do everything. He's got a great smile. He's got speed. He's got strength. He plays defense. He hits balls out of ballparks. He can steal bases. He can do anything. He wins the MVP or is in the top running of MVP every year. He's the MVP. Well, he doesn't have the personality. It's baseball. His personality is put on ESPN and watch him smiling as he's rounding third and high-fiving the third base coach because he smashed one over the hot dog stand in left field in Anaheim Stadium. He's amazing. But I didn't watch any games because this whole thing. And now players were taking knees. They're playing the Black National Anthem. Whatever that is, they're playing it there too. Note to all sports. The American people watch to get away from everyday life. The drama, the nonsense, the politics. I don't care what Tom Brady thinks politically. I don't care what LeBron James thinks politically. I don't care what Mike Trout thinks politically. I don't care. None of us do. Most of you athletes have at best a seventh grade education because you decided at some point at that age that you're going to be the next whatever in that sport. And I don't need to learn anything. And you got either went to the minors and at age 18, 19, you get, you know, you're in the, the show or you skip 
the draft in college and you go straight to the NBA at 17. Or you just play two years and then on your third year, whatever, you redshirt, you eligible, you go to the NFL. None of you have the education. You, you bitch as an amateur in the NCAA about how you need to be paid. I need to be paid. You are being paid. To go to USC, it costs about $75,000 a year to go. If you're playing football for USC, you're paying nothing. You get $75,000 a year. So you're getting a $300,000 education opportunity. And what do most of them do? Flunk out, leave early, aren't mentally tough, and fail. And most of those kids will not play in the NFL. Most of those kids are going to go back to where they came from. And most of those kids are going to turn to something because they didn't get education. They may have a high school diploma. I guess you had to to get in. But it doesn't mean anything. It's just a piece of paper. If you're asked to read something or do some math, you couldn't do it. And I mean it's general. Not like everyone. But most of them, they couldn't do it. You hear them talk in interviews? I just could have talked in cliches and tell you that we just take it one day at a time and we just focus and try to come together as a team. That's what they say every time. There's a small percentage of the athletes that will stay the four years and get their degree. So if they do go on and play in the NFL, like the 1% or less do, when they're done, they can then become a fill-in-the-blank because they've got a degree in engineering or medical. They can, you know, biology, they want to become a doctor. Or they've got one in sports management or something, communications. They want to get involved in something like that. Okay, but the ones that leave early, they're taking dance 101, music 101, just to fill their, their school list with, and then go to the NFL and they play. And I think the average life of an NFL is like three years, tops. So most of these people are going to be done in three years. So they're going to be 25 years old. Now what are you going to do? Go back to where they came from because they don't have an education. You're being paid an exorbitant amount of money that a lot of people would like to have, but we're the ones that are paying the full tuitions are paying for your tuition. And then we just get the debt. Thanks. Super awesome. Sports was once an amazing thing in this country. It brought us all together. If you think about it, especially in today's context, you put 45,000 angel fans in Anaheim stadium to cheer on Mike Trout and the angels. We are from all economic way of life. There's rich, there's middle class, there's poor. You've got all genders, all sexuality choices, all in the same roof, wearing the same red and white hat with the A on it. We're all one family. We're all cheering for those guys. We're high-fiving each other. We're talking to each other. Hey, I'm going to go get another beer. You guys want a beer? I can get an extra one. We do these things. It's just normal courtesy stuff. We don't have that now. You can't go to a game. But sporting events is where we all came together. They talk about unity. That was the ultimate place of unity. There was a time I took my kids to New York. And it was the last year of the original Yankee Stadium. They were tearing it down that year because they're moving into the new Yankee Stadium. It was being built right next door. And I wanted to go to Yankee Stadium. I will go to all the old baseball stadiums before they blow them up. So the Fenways and the Wrigley's and things like that because there's a lot of history and I want to, I want to go see it and touch it and see a game there. So I took the family to Yankee stadium. The angels were playing the Yankees. It was, uh, early September. It was muggy. Subways were brutal. 
I mean, the worst locker room, swampy, stinky mess. It was gross. But we had a blast. Got a tour. We had a buffet downstairs. We got buffet tickets for with our game tickets. We were behind home plate uh, between the third base dugout and home plate. Had great seats. We have our angel gear on. We're in Yankee Stadium where there's a ton of that dark, dark blue Yankee hats. And you know how it was? It was awesome. Yankee fans are awesome. We both hate the Red Sox the same. We both hate the Red Sox. And we can talk about that during the game. Angels won the game. Angels won the game one nothing. They beat Mariano Rivera in the ninth inning. It was awesome. So we got to see everything. Got to see the Sandman, Mariano Rivera with the Enter Sandman music playing, coming in, and just like, damn, this is cool. Now watching how the fans chant the names before, uh, during the introductions, and the players of the Yankees have to acknowledge them or they won't shut up. So they keep chanting your name. And if you don't tip your hat and point at them, they're going to keep doing it. It was awesome. 55,000 packed. And you could see tons of those dark blue black hats and you got the red. There's about 5,000 of us scattered about. It was awesome. That was American unity. That's what sports is about. Having a great time. Forgetting about your day. Got a young couple sitting next to me, go on a date. She's wearing a Red Sox hat. And I'm looking at him and going, how can you do this? And he knows I was kidding. I'm like, she's pretty and all, but dude, the hat. And he goes, I know. I doubt it lasted, but even that happened. It's just one of those things that sports, if they're going to survive in this country, they got to go back. They got to leave it all away. No more social media. No more telling me what you think and feel because I don't care. You talk to you about your wife and your boys in the locker room. You talk to, you keep it private like we do. And you talk about your, your issues and stuff. That's fine. I don't care what you think. Just hit the ball, catch the ball shoot the ball, and win for my home team. That's all I want you to do. That's what you're being paid to do. I don't need your social criticism and telling me how I'm evil. Pally, I'm paying your weight. You keep trashing me, you're not going to have my money. And your salaries that are exorbitant and ridiculous are going to shrink. Has to. Or you could be the NBA and just move the whole damn league to China. And then... You watch what happens to American inner cities then. They ain't going to play it. They'll find something else. It's a travesty what they've done to sports for all of us. But if there was always one thing unifying, it was always sports. Now they've taken that away. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Anyone that says he's not is a moron. The guy is amazing. Just win. That's all he does. In America, we love a winner. That's the guy you should all aspire to be. If you're an athlete at any sport, to be that mentally tough, that much commitment to preparation to go out and perform with an average physical ability. That is what it's all about. It's amazing. So, you know, last episode I was talking about, I can't wait to talk to you guys about what's going to be in that $1.9 trillion package for COVID relief. Congress has been busy. I thought they would have had this thing done already. So I apologize. There's nothing to talk about on that front because they are too busy impeaching a man who's not in office and had left office, but they want him out of office. So that's what they're spending their time doing right now. And uh, if you're like me, you didn't watch any of that, didn't listen to any of it because it's nonsense and just turn it off. It'll just raise your blood pressure and there's no point. 
But I want to talk about something that's come up during all this with the Capitol protest. Okay. It's the Capitol protest. It wasn't the Capitol riot. It wasn't an invasion. It wasn't, it wasn't any, it was a protest with 150 to 200 idiots going playing the fool. Now they've said the media has been saying since that day, January 6th. So it's been six weeks, seven people died in the assault on the Capitol building. Okay. Let's talk about the seven people that died. Two of them were police officers that committed suicide several days after the event. To this moment, we don't know why. It's very peculiar that two did, but there's no information out there. The media has nothing, and if if anyone has this information, they're not sharing it. Okay, But two officers committed suicide days after, not during, after. You've all heard about the one woman that was shot and she died there. She was like, I guess, trying to go through a window or door or something like that. Unarmed she was, but she was shot and killed. I think she shot in the chest, we were told. We know nothing about who shot her. We're told that a Capitol Police officer did. We don't know who that person is. We don't know why that person did it. We have no information. If we're going to expect to hear about the George Floyd's police officers and what, and we know their names. We know what they did. We saw the video. Now there's video that the Democrats have been unleashing. They've got these custom made videos that are pieced together by Hollywood, I guess, and CNN saying, show this. And they put the most dramatic whatever moments in a video to stir emotion. There's no video of this woman being shot, supposedly. Nothing that's made, made public, but we uh, should have questions about this. Why did you shoot an unarmed woman? What was she doing that made you fear for your life, I guess? What's going on? We have no name, no information, no data, no photos, no nothing on there. Another woman outside the Capitol building died. One woman outside the Capitol building died. Okay, you got that? Rumors are, because again, there's no video footage, there's no report. She had some trauma to her body, but it looks like she may have been stampeded by the morons. So the shaman guy and those clowns charge them, I guess, but we don't know enough, right? Another man had a stroke outside the Capitol building and he died. Another man had a heart attack outside the Capitol building, had heart problems. He died. And last is the Capitol police officer that laid in state. He died, we were told, during the protests and the riots and all that stuff. Okay. Except, like, 9.30 at night, he texted his brother to say he was okay. And he just got pepper sprayed in the face a couple of times. But he's fine. Now, 9.30 at night, guess what? It's long over. The protest is over. There are reports that were given by CNN and MSNBC and everybody in the liberal media was, this man was beaten to death by a fire extinguisher. Here's what we do know that he died after the protest was over. And there is from the coroner, he did not die of blunt force trauma. And again, there's no video of this. There's cameras everywhere in that place. And people had their cell phones. You see them, they're walking out. There's video of whatever. They just don't kind of show it because what they said happened then, six weeks later, they're still saying happened, except it didn't. The police officer that died, died after the protest and apparently wasn't beaten to death by a fire extinguisher. 
So all of this, seven people died. It's the worst thing ever. Didn't happen. Not the way they're saying it. CNN's Anderson Cooper's out there calling all the Trump protesters and Trumpsters in, in general. We are now genocidal. We were compared to the 1994 Rwanda genocide against the Tutsi people. Uh, if you're old enough to remember, uh, that was a big thing in the year. I mean, that was like on the news, but Clinton was all about nothing. He wasn't going nowhere near Africa. Well, he did because he had to save face, but we'll get to that in a second. But Rwanda, you had, it was ethnic cleansing going on, right? This people don't like these people, so let's wipe them out. Nazis don't like the Jews, let's wipe them out. These guys want to wipe out the Tutsi people. So they kill a million in a year. That's, that's estimates. They say it's between 800,000 and it, they killed a million people in 365 days. And we just sat back and just, whatever, didn't do anything. We didn't even send arms or training, nothing. We just said, let them do. This is Democrat leadership. Republicans were like, hey, we got to do it. We can't just let people, they can't, they, they need to be defended. They can't defend themselves. They're being massacred. Yeah, you know, whatever. Just people. You know, fill in the blank. I'm told I'm the racist. Uh, that's a racist move by Clinton and his clowns. But he's comparing that to January 6th. How do you take any of these morons seriously? A million people are being murdered because of their belief, their religion, their skin, you know, because they were born in the wrong village. And a protest was a bunch of numbnuts just went in because they were just fed up and tired of the system that was failing them. And they overreacted hard. And they should pay for it. But the seven people that died, one died inside the Capitol building and was shot, and she was unarmed. A million people died in Rwanda. It's not the same. If Anderson Cooper thinks that's the same, then he's a racist because he's valuing seven white lives as the equal to a million black lives. How does that sound to you if you're a Black Lives Matter? Seven whites equals a million Rwandans, the Tutsi people. That's it. That's what Anderson Cooper says at CNN. Turn his damn channel off. So I was telling you earlier about the politics of this thing and why we didn't get involved in Rwanda. Well, in 1993, Bill Clinton decided to grow a pair, and he sent the Marines to Somalia in 1993. It was on the news. They show the amphibious ships coming in, breaching the beach, dropping down, everyone expecting some massive firefight that never happens. Somalia was complete chaos. There was no army. It was just a bunch of Muslim thugs running around with machine guns and rocket launchers, hoarding everything they could and hurting their own people around them for their own power. So they were the kings of nothing. And we decide we're going to go there to get involved to make sure these people get fed. Fair enough. I'm all about people getting fed. Stand up for the little guy. That's what we used to do. But here's the problem. Is once we got in and settled, everybody settled down. Food shipments were moving around. The UN came in to do their bit because Clinton you know, wanted to. That's fine. But then he pulls the Marines out and he did sends a detachment of about three to 400 Americans. They were the Rangers, and they were Delta Force. And to this point, Delta Force was still on the down low. So you have a platoon, a couple platoons of Delta, and then you've got a battalion strength of Rangers. 
They had helicopters and Blackhawks. That's remember Blackhawk down. That's the movie. No, but they didn't really have any gunships, no Apaches, nothing like that. They had no armor personnel carriers and Humvees. They, they had Jeeps with machine guns on the top. No Bradley fighting vehicles, no Abrams, no tanks, no nothing. No air support other than the helicopters they were given, and the Blackhawks were basically unarmed. And they were sent there to maintain the peace. If you're going to maintain anything, it's strength that does it. You put tanks, you put Bradley fighting vehicles, you provide the equipment that these men needed to stay safe and make the people around them safe so that the food could get to the people that needed the food. But he pulled everything out. Then says, I want you to go catch the bad guy. So they were chasing that guy for a year plus. And in the movie, you watch the movie, it's pretty accurate. That's pretty much what went down. They were left to their own. It was when they say, you know, leave no man behind. That's what they're talking about, y'all. There's 400 guys out there and they had no support from nobody. It was just the 400. Washington didn't care. Wasn't their problem. They've moved on to other things. Just do what you're told. But they needed the equipment, but they were left without. Then Rwanda comes down. Well, after the self-imposed tragedy by the Clinton administration on what happened in Somalia, which all lays on him, there was no way he was going to do anything for a million people in Rwanda and, and stop the fighting there and the killings. If you don't do it right, you're going to get the result you're going to get. And I'm sure in the future I'll talk to you about it, but um, you know things like Vietnam and Korea and Walter Cronkite and how all of that stuff went down changed the way this country fights wars. That makes Anderson Cooper, who says something like this, a racist. So this kind of blends into the latest cancellation of, of someone, and that's Gina Carano. If you don't know who Gina Carano is, she is a conservative woman of Italian descent. Shout out to Sarah in Las Vegas. How you doing? She was the original MMA, UFC, strike force, that kind of stuff. Fighter for women. She and another girl, I cannot remember her name. They were the first to make it a pay-per-view and be on the ticket of girls fighting girls, women fighting women. And set the mold for today for the Ronda Rousey's and Amanda Nunez, these women were able to succeed and thrive in a male-driven sport because of Gina Carano. Because she had the guts to train and fight and learn the skills and go out there. I was one, I'll admit, in the beginning when women were like, we want to fight, I'm like, I do not want to see a couple of chicks fight on TV. I just, And it took about a year or two for me to finally get over that because their skill and their competitive levels were getting better. And they're getting better every day. There was always like one or two women that were way better than everyone else. It was a slaughter fest. But I really didn't see the joy in seeing two pretty women punching the crap out of each other and turning the other girl's face into ground meat. I just, there was nothing appealing about that. My head was just not ready for it. And I don't think it was sexist. I just think as a gentleman, I just really didn't want to see that. But as you appreciate the sport of MMA, and if you don't watch it or haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It is a sport that is thrilling and compact, and it's very strategic. 
And there's a lot of things going on in five minute rounds that are only three round or yeah, three round fights. If they're non-title and if they're a title fight, you're going to get five rounds of this crazy. The judging up until this point has been really pretty good, especially when you compare it to boxing. Boxing's a joke, right? It's just a matter of who pays what, or who the promoter is. That guy wins, whether he got his face beat on or whatever. You just, you look at the guy's face going, that guy won, but he looks like he just got smashed by a semi. Okay. The other guy looks like he just got out of the shower. So, you know, boxing is done for me, but MMA is an amazing sport and very diverse people from all over the world and both genders are out there fighting. And, uh, Gina Carano is that woman. She has that charisma, that personality, that strength, that determination. She's an actress now. Uh, she does some other things. I know she, she's on that, uh, Mandalorian on the Disney plus thing. Um, don't have Disney plus. So I have no idea if everyone says it's, Oh God, it's amazing. Okay. It's Disney. Disney ruins everything. So give it a minute. They just did. They ruined it. They canceled her. They canceled her off the show because she posted a, a meme or a picture of back in the 1930s in Germany of just citizens harassing and assaulting Jewish people from their own neighborhood, their actual neighbors. And the message behind this was when your government dehumanizes a segment of the population that they don't like or disagree with or want to keep silent, pay attention. This all has a very relative point to today. Then we encourage you to take it into your own hands and do what's right. So the German people went after the Jewish German people. That's where it began. Then Nazi Germany got its traction and the SS and everything came in. And it was easy enough to round them up because they had the support of the population that was not Jewish to do it. And then the Holocaust happened. Boom, boom, boom. So now you've got liberal media, liberal politicians out there dehumanizing conservatives, Trump supporters, Christians, white people. You're stirring up this hornet's nest daily and it's just getting worse and worse. To be so afraid of another person's opinion that you must silence them. The next step is you will start assaulting us. And in some instances, like BLM has, they just show up at restaurants and start taking stuff and smacking people around. This is what happened in the thirties to the Jewish people. History repeats itself. So now conservative people in this country are now the enemy. They've said it. We're the enemy. So much so that on MSNBC, there's this broad and she's just a broad. When you say something stupid like this, you're broad. Nicole Wallace, she suggested that drone strikes be authorized to kill American citizens on American soil because we're domestic terrorists. Drone strikes. So the FBI, I guess the Pentagon are just going to be flying around with hellfire missiles aimed, just waiting for someone to say, it's okay to take out 1200 Main Street, sweet A. Boom, dead. Someone that thinks they're intelligent actually said that. 
but they're calling 75 million people the traitors. We're trying to defend the Constitution that you assault, and you're willing to drone strike American citizens because they disagree with you. So they silenced Gina Carano. Instagram kicked her off because of this meme, because this is the behavior she's pointing out, the match of look what they did before and look what's happening now. The media is stirring everyone up. In Nazi Germany, the media stirred everybody up. Propaganda, right? What's going on now? Propaganda. But 75 million Trump supporters are now the enemy and their children. So half this country, they want a drone strike. They want to put re-education camps. Are you guys paying attention to this? They're not kidding. They're not going, <laughs> we should drone strike them. <laughs> that would be, they're not kidding. If they're thinking about it, if one person on TV is thinking about it, they've had these conversations in the room before they get to the studio. They've had these conversations at dinner. They've had these conversations in emails and meetings. That's how insane this is. So you cancel the woman for being independent, strong, beautiful, Italian. Because she pointed out the obvious. And they called her anti-Semite. So we already know the liberal media, they don't know what anti-Semite is and anti-Semitism is. They don't know what a Nazi is because if they hold up a mirror, that's the answer. Gina didn't say, yeah, yeah, we should roust up all the Jews and get rid of them. There was none of that. That's anti-Semite. She was pointing out the repeating of history of a media telling a people that listened to them to do this to your neighbor. In Los Angeles, Mayor Garcetti, we call him Mayor Yoga Pants. Just imagine a guy in his 60s in yoga pants because he wears them. That's, that's what you get. He was telling people in the city of LA, if you see your neighbors congregating without masks or people come over for a party, you must report them. How is this any different than what the Nazis did to the Jews and the media did to the community to stir them up to attack the Jews for them? They say all this big drone strikes and all this stuff re-education camps to get you all stirred up. The sheep that listen to this, to get you all stirred up thinking, yeah, yeah, we should do all that. I'm so mad, I'm going to go, what, attack your neighbor? Well, that's what happened in the 30s. And that's all she pointed out, but she gets canceled. Meantime, there's a director that did the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. His name is James Gunn. He's out there actually being anti-Semite and saying a bunch of mean stuff about Jews and how we should do all these things. And he got fired, but he gets rehired. He actually said it. And Disney's like, we don't get with him because he thinks like we do. He just said it out loud. He learned. He got fired for a year. He's back. He made the second one, and he's working again. See, those that are dumb enough on their side to actually say what they think, they get punished for a week or two. But if you post something that points out their hypocrisy, they will call you every name they are to deflect it and punish that person. So Gina Carano probably won't get another job in Hollywood. She'll get blacklisted. Now, the cool thing is there's a ton of people out there in uh, different circles of entertainment and news that are like, Gina, 
You need a job, you come see us. We'll give you a job. But Gina, you're going to have more opportunities than you ever had before. So take what you like, sweetheart. Get on TV because we all like looking at you because you are a pretty little thing. And that doesn't make me sexist. That just makes me observant. Sorry, couldn't go a week without mentioning Chairman Joe. He's such a nice guy. So we talked about last week how his approval ratings are below 50% crashing because everything he signed in those couple, in that first seven days is now becoming public and more and more people are learning about it. Of his least popular executive orders, the ones that have negative ratings, five of the seven are all based on illegal immigration because people in this country, a majority of us get it. In Mission, Texas, this, on February 3rd, 253 illegal immigrants were snatched up. Two separate groups, same day, boom, boom. They're coming over in droves every day. The people in ICE, DHS, are all saying it is out of control. It's as bad or worse before Trump came in. They are just coming. And, of course, when we catch them, we detain them, process, give them their little court appearance, and send them on their way. This is the part that blows me away, and this mixes in with COVID. We are in a pandemic. The world is coming to an end. We all have to stay home. You can't go to work. Kids and teachers, no school. We can't. Life must stop. But illegal immigrants, you are more than welcome to flood the border, bring your disease because none of you have been vaccinated, mingle amongst the people, shake hands, kiss babies, and all that, and make sure to spread it good. So you're telling me again how this isn't about controlling the citizenry of this country. The population, the United States citizen is being told one thing while illegal immigrants are being told, come on in, the water's fine. Are you all scratching your head? Are you all a little pissed off right now? Because you should be. They're catching them and releasing them. No vaccines are being given because there's none available for them. Hell, in LA, they had to shut it down. It just wasn't anymore. Didn't have enough. So they're spreading out through the country with this plague, this worst thing ever. Greatest overreaction in history. And all they do is prove it every week that it is the greatest overreaction in history. We're sitting here watching hundreds and thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the border and infecting anything and everything. And they're totally fine with that. I'm not. And I bet you're not because it makes too much sense. Like, wait, they've got to stay. Mexico's like, no, forget it. They even signed a thing about, you know, people don't want asylum. Yeah, and those rules for asylum. And I, I don't like my home country is not a reason. You know, political oppression is a reason. And none of them in South America are being politically oppressed. I've been to Costa Rica. I think I know why they're leaving because most of the country is now like white. Mostly Americans are down in Costa Rica. It's kind of funny watching this shift, but it's fine down there. Next to America, you know, medical opportunity and getting healthcare and everything is like Costa Rica is like number two. So they're coming here. Biden's got the door open. They're, they could be infected. We don't know, but let them out. But you and your kids and your teeth, everybody else got to stay down. You can't go out and eat. So lastly, you know, tying it up with the immigration part is 
those that are being detained. So if you, if you arrest in this country, if a sheriff police from a city arrests an illegal alien for committing crime, they were driving drunk. They were beating a woman in his home badly. And she called the cops and child abuse and all these things that, that happen. If they're arrested, they are released in the country with the summons that they'll never attend. And they were asked, they asked, you know, that redhead Saki over in the white house about it. She's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, they got to let them go. I mean, if they commit murder, that's one thing, but you know, if they drive drunk or, you know, if they assault somebody, that, that's okay. We let them go. Letting them go. There's different rules. If you haven't figured this out yet for Trump supporters, all laws apply. And those that don't apply, the ones they wish to make up apply. If you are a liberal, socialist, Marxist, communist, not much applies to you yet. And if you're an illegal immigrant, nothing applies to you. You can do whatever you want, however you want in this country. Is that not the most ass backwards thing you've ever heard? Think about it. This week... In media lies, lies, lies. Supreme Court just announced, California, you got to let people go to church and you have to play the same rules you do to grocery stores. Now, this is funny because I'm in California. <laughs> Supposedly, there's a rule that 25% occupation rate is allowed in grocery stores this whole time. <laughs> I laugh because anyone in California knows there's nobody standing outside with a thumb clicker going click, click, click. Six in, click, 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 six out. No, there's nobody outside. You just go in. Walmarts are full. Costco's are full. Smart and Finals are full. The grocery stores like Stater Brothers, they're full. There's no monitoring. If they got the baskets, they are welcome to come on in, and they're full. So now they're saying, churches, you can have 25%. I actually got in a conversation with my pastor. Said, so church is going to be open this weekend, right? Well, we're going to do a thing in another town, but we're going to do it on our property outside. Okay, it's raining right now. Okay, so this weekend's shot. It's going to be too cold and wet, so forget that. But we're working on it. We're going to get things done. And I'm just, my mind when it comes to how pastors and priests and rabbis and imams and things like that, these religious leaders just sat on their hands. I'm very disappointed in every one of you. None of you got together. Now, you all do get together. You do have meetings of different religions and even same religions and stuff. And you get down and you powwow and you have conferences and things like that. So you all know each other. It's your group. Whether you agree on who God is or not is that's different, but you do communicate and you're telling me that you guys and gals couldn't get together and say, you know what? We're going to stand up. All of us open up the building. We'll do what we need to do. You got to wear a mask, whatever you make up your rule, but we're going to open. We're going to have services. Cause so, no matter what, in the case of being a Christian, Jesus didn't say, well, the Romans said I can't, and the temple Jews said I can't, so I'm not gonna, because they said I can't. No, he kept going. That was kind of the point. And these people just all sat on their hands. And I'm sitting there going, you preached about, but do you not get it? Open up. So one of these days, I guess they may or may not, and when it comes back, I guarantee you, attendance will be down dramatically. Because people got used to watching it on YouTube, or people just got used to not having it anymore. They found something else to occupy their Sundays. 
It's going to go down, which was the entire intent of the ban anyway, was to break religion. This is where we're at. Come on over with your COVID, mingle amongst the people, but all you got to get your shots and do all the nonsense. Churches can now open, but you can't go because we didn't want you going in the first place. They've all lost their minds. And we just sit there, and if you question it, you're a radical. Okay, well, Jesus was a radical, so I guess I'm in good company. So Ilian Omar, squad member, Minnesota. She's the one you may have heard of that uh, came to the country under false pretense because she married her brother. Um, there's records of it, but the media doesn't want to talk about it. She leaves him, marries another guy, and he is running. <laughs> this guy that she's married to has a consulting firm, so he doesn't do anything. It's just like those homeless charities we talked about and other things that the government like to play games with. Funneling money. 80% of the money that her campaign raised was sent to her husband's consulting firm to pay the bills. Remember, they do like 2% of something and keep the 98 for themselves in salaries and expenses and travels and fine dining. So she's doing it too. They're all doing it, like I told you. But I'm going to keep pointing it out every time it comes up that a politician is taking campaign money that has been given to them by other companies, corporations, and individuals. They're just giving it to their relatives. And it comes right back to them because they're connected in marriage or blood or children or whatever so that they all can just make a little extra money on their hundred and some thousand dollars a year isn't enough. I want to make, this is how Congress people and senators and governors <laughs> get rich. This is how it happens. And you wonder, well, that is really odd. If, if you want to know, look up their self-worth and then you can just look it up. And when you see it, you'll, there's your dirty ones. There's your dirty ones right there. Chairman Joe is considering a travel ban for Americans to enter and exit Florida. Why would he be doing that? Well, because they have a huge population and a very small amount of cases. And they're letting people do and live their lives as they pretty much see fit. And kids are back in school, teachers are teaching, and all that kind of stuff's been going on for quite a while. But he doesn't like it. The liberal, socialist, the Marxist, the communist, you know, that pack, they don't like that someone that isn't like them and thinks like them is successful. So we're going to punish them. So that's completely political. It has no scientific backing. It's political. They're going after him. It's DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, for his policies. They don't like it. So they are seriously thinking about shutting it down. You will not be able to fly if they get their way into Florida. You will not be able to drive into Florida, take a bus or a train. You won't be able to do that. And vice versa, Florida, you don't get to leave. This, again, should remind and scare the crap out of all of you of what this federal government is becoming every day more radical. Things you thought they would never do. They are already thought of and are in the pipeline to come out and introduce itself to all of us. It just reminds me the story of the pot of water that you just filled from the faucet and you put a frog in there and you set it on the stove and you turn the gas on and you get that going and it's on low. And you just slowly start 
heating up the water. The frog stays, doesn't realize it. As time passes and the water gets warmer, the frog's acclimated. It's used to it till it's dead because it got too hot and it never jumped out. You all should start feeling like that frog because there is some dirty stuff going down and I will do my best to tell you about it every week and give you some historical context about it because history repeats itself and you're doomed to repeat it if you do not learn from it. They're up to no good. So keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. Be the peace. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. Thank you.